Hello and welcome to another edition of the podcast where we look back on the cartoons, movies, TV shows, and whatnot of our youth to see if they're still worth a damn. Or not. Or not, which is far too often the case. I am Sean. And Chris. And this is Childhood Remastered. Have you ever dreamed of dunking a basketball, hitting a home run, scoring the game-winning goal in a soccer match, or coming in first in the 100-yard dash? For some of you, I'm sure these weren't simply dreams, they were realities. For others, like a lot of kids out there, myself included, these were the most improbable of fantasies. But what if you could? What if you were able to perform athletic feats you'd never believed possible? That was the idea behind a Nickelodeon show that posed the question, what if there were an American Gladiators, but for kids? That show was guts. Before we get into anything, I have to say that out of all the shows we've watched so far, overall, this is the most, like, 90s music intro. So bad. So bad 90s. Yeah. This is like, a, this is like the, the worst of 90s hip-hop. Well, <laughs> it did come out September 19th, 1992 and aired through January 14th, 1996 for a total of 160 episodes over the course of four seasons. So it fits right in in that 90s nostalgia, like weird. It was it's it, it was a strange time, Sean. It ended on my birthday. And what what a great birthday present that was for me. <laughs> <laughs> the ending of Guts? Yeah. Did you watch this when you were a kid? Uh, I did. I absolutely did. Um, I don't know if I caught like the first season uh, when it was out, but I definitely remember watching this like up through the the early to mid nineties, and it was, I, you know, as a kid, I played sports. I was one of those kids just because I was tall. I played a lot of sports. Uh, yeah. I wasn't very good at a lot of them. I yeah. can tell you. I can tell you that right now. I was definitely put on teams because I was much taller than the. I was. You much, were better much, at video games than sports. Yeah, but yeah. I was much much taller than the average boy. So I got put on a lot of you know like middle school basketball teams and volleyball teams, and I got put on the the flag football team. And that I, you didn't want to play on. Well, or... no, I mean, I, I enjoyed playing because whatever, but I just wasn't very good. Even at basketball, something that I eventually got good at in middle school, I was not good at all. I was one of those kids that I was just tall enough that I could shoot the ball and get my own rebound. And I was just tall enough that I didn't have to jump or do anything. I'd just hold it over my head and the other kids couldn't get it. So I would just shoot, 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 and miss like 10 times. And then That's finally cheating. Would, and then finally it would go in. But... So I was someone who actually did play sports like around this age, like this would have been the prime primo time, you know, this 1992 to 1996 that I would have been like in my sports because I graduated from graduated, quote unquote, from eighth grade in 1996. Yeah. Well, so, so, so like that's the primo time that I was playing those like, like, you know, middle school sports, but I, you know, this was a show that I watched cause it was on. And, you know, maybe pubescent Sean thought uh, Moira Quirk was hot. Pubescent Sean was not alone. Yeah. And that that's the thing is, like, 
I watched the show not for sports. I wasn't a sports fan. I played sports. So, like, the idea of watching a kid's show about sports so you would watch them play sports was not something that was super appealing to me. Was So, would you say that this was more one of those, it was on so you watched it? Oh, it was on so I absolutely watched it. It was was like a a show that bridged the gap between one show and another. And it's like, well, I want to watch the show at four... And the show that I was watching at 3 ended at 3.30, so I gotta do something between 3.30 and 4. I might as well watch Guts. It's not gonna be homework. It's not gonna be homework, (laughs) no matter what my mom says. So I might as well watch Guts. Yeah, I would say that this sort of felt... It felt like, in my mind's eye, like it fit a similar place for me. So I I played a lot of sports, too, when I was a kid, but I was never particularly good i was usually the spastic kid who got most improved so you know what that means right that means (laughs) i was terrible uh i was so i mean i wasn't terrible i just i wasn't good at really anything i didn't have the patience for baseball i wasn't fast enough to play soccer i was aggressive enough to play soccer but i also had massive add and so soccer or really any of the sports were just not for me so uh, when I got older and I got into high school, uh, wrestling was a better fit because, you know, the matches are short and, yeah. and it's, you are all in and you, your brain has to be moving and your body's got to be moving and, and things really got to fit. Wrestling was a good fit for me. Uh, I, I had to stop really early cause I got injured pretty bad, but, but around the time that this was on junior high school, same thing for me, I was like, not that into sports. I was like, it was something that I did because I was forced to by my parents. Yeah, it was... and and so I like I didn't want to play soccer, but my parents put me in it, and I was like, okay, I would rather watch soccer than play it, but it's fine. And so the the, the show guts was more like more fantasy wish fulfillment because it was like sports, but not really sports. It was like sports esque, but you were doing like crazy things. And I think for me, because I wasn't that into sports to begin with, I was like, I want to do the aggro crag, but I don't really necessarily like want to block soccer balls from getting into a goal. You know what I mean? I played played sports because I was like, my class was very, very small because I went to, you know, private Catholic school. My, my class was very, very small. And like literally all the other guys were on the team. So it's like all my friends are on the team. That's why I play it. It's not because I had a particular love of the way it went was we did flag football, then basketball, then volleyball. That was just a sequence of how the sports went for the school. So they all played. So I played too. Like it's not because I love flag football or basketball or volleyball. It's like, well, I mean, if I don't. You're there and there's your friends. That's what they're doing. So you just go with it. Yeah. Yeah. If I don't play, then I'm just going to go home and sit alone and do homework and not have anything to do for two and a half hours until they get done with the practice. Yeah. Well, and then like, and so this show was kind of like a, you got nothing else to do. So you're going to watch it because it was on in the afternoon while you waited for something else. And it was more like, it was more like, you know, I played sports because not because of a love for the game, but because other people were playing and I wanted to hang out with them. You know, and, yeah. and, it, and it turned into eventually like, you know, I actually enjoy these sports and I'll watch them and I'll I'll participate not because I like them. But when it started out, it was, you know, at the, the time that I would have been watching this show, I definitely was not in that mindset of like, I like sports. It's like I like my friends and yeah. they're playing this. So let's let's play, too. Well, once I got to the age where nobody was making me play, uh, I wanted nothing to do with sports. So yeah. I was fine, like just dropping it to the curb. And so uh, well, we can talk more about like what our feelings are now by comparison to then, because I don't know if they're different for you or whatever, but we we can get there. Yeah, uh, Guts was created 
to be... So what happened was is one of the creators, Albie Hecht, actually created the show um, because he couldn't dunk a basketball. Yeah. He wasn't tall enough to dunk and he always wanted to dunk a basketball. And so he thought, yeah, what if I could do like off a trampoline or off of some bungee cords? And so that then influenced by the massive success of American Gladiator. Yep. And Double Dare to a And Double Dare, extent. yeah. Uh, sort of sparked the ability and the interest to do this show. Yeah. And the show, I, I, I was doing some reading the show, or at least in an interview, the show went through several stages of development right where it you know the, the the guts that we know and love was not the the show that they started out with it was it was much more like you know kids get eliminated and then finally you have like a winner at the end and then there was and other... then they felt like well if we have kids who are losers then like this is not like the sort of thing that we want to put forward yeah it's just like it was just like in double dare where they they didn't want people they don't want to show kids on tv just losing or being bad at a game and then just that'd be the show, you know, oh, this kid sucks and now he's out. Now we got this better kid. You know, it was that was Which as an adult, to be honest, I would find hilarious. Yeah, well But that's, that's my that's, that's my you're a terrible person. Well, I was gonna say that's <laughs> my inner and outer Schadenfreude. So yeah. Well, as you said, I'll be hooked. Uh he was a producer for the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Obviously that was later, in a series of unfortunate events, also later. That's well, to be fair, that's the Jim Carrey one, the 2004 movie, not yes. the new one that's on Netflix. And he's done some other things. We don't have to get into all of them, but I will say that he did executive produce Chloris Explains It All, Kids Court, and then the Guts actually got a remake, a short remake in 2008. Yeah. And he also did Stripperella. <laughs> and <laughs> one of these things yeah. is not like the other. I know, right? And then a bunch <laughs> of the Rugrats movies and the Thornberries movie. Yeah, so he was very heavily involved with Nickelodeon. The next creator is Scott Fishman, who was the one that created the, the Guts remake. Uh, he was the executive in charge of production for Legends of the Hidden Temple. What Foreshadowing. You, foreshadowing. Uh, what Would You Do? Remote Control and MTV Music Television. He was also the supervising producer for Nick Arcade. And the last person that helped create the show was By uh, Byron Taylor, uh, production designer for Legends of the Hidden Temple. He also worked on the Guts remake, Gullah Gullah Island, Mystery Files of Shelby Woo, Keenan and Kel, Family Double Dare. A lot of a lot of Nickelodeon shows. Nickelodeon, yeah. as we've said in the past, it was very much like an in-house they production tried, company. I feel like they tried because I said this before, and I feel like they really did try to go back to the old school studio system. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? They had that studio in Orlando, Florida, and by God, they were going to use it. God damn it, we're going to use it. Yeah. <laughs> there were a couple directors for this show. The first one, this is the only thing he ever did, and I looked, and it's Jim Dussel, and the next is Billy Sheber, who produced the first 48, uh, Broadway or Bust, and Boston's Finest, and Darknet. Darknet, I'm not familiar with. Yeah, so that's it's a bunch of like sort of more obscure stuff. There's a couple of writers, and I'll be hiked did it, and Madga Lawless, who's a producer for Figured Out, produced a bunch of Kids Choice Awards and the Guts remake, and then created the show Figured Out. And I would imagine what you were gonna say is it's uh, a, it's a game show. There's yeah. not a lot of writers, and they even they they even pointed out. Um, one of the, we'll get to him in a minute, the uh, the host, Mike O'Malley, in an interview pointed out that there was actually not a script for them. It was, oh, they, they were just I, sort of. There's a lot of comments I have to make about Mike O'Malley's like improv yeah. stuff. So yeah. there was, for, for both him and Moira Quirk, there weren't 
there weren't scripts for them to follow. They were just sort of ad-libbing everything. and As best they could. And, uh, yeah, and so I don't honestly know what the writers did. Maybe there was, like, the... the there, I mean, there was a couple of stock things that they would always say, so maybe that was part of it. Yeah. But... Or when they're when they're introducing a new sh- uh, a new game a new segment of the show then yeah. maybe that little s- speech or whatever. So yeah, writers on a game show like there's what's the point? I don't know what the point of for writers on a game show is, but yeah, not a, not on one like this. Well, not one that they're not writing questions. Well, you would definitely need producers, but I have chosen. I made an executive decision in building the notes for this that I was not going to name them, and the reason is because there's like. 20 of them and I spent I don't know about a half an hour 45 minutes just like kind of doing a brief look through on all of them and I said you know what I I don't want to do this anymore it's just too many people that I don't don't blame you it it was that seems to be a thing with Nickelodeon shows there isn't a show that I think we've covered that has just had like a producer or two producers it's been like a team of people producing and or maybe that if it's was... a team or if it's only a couple it'll be like 40 billion writers yeah maybe so... that's maybe that's just something that's indicative of of nintendo of nickelodeon at the time well maybe their convoluted system is why some of their popularity dropped off because they had a sort of a drop in the 2000s right yeah it did it, it definitely dropped off in the 2000s uh, let's talk about the theme music like i said this show's theme is is probably the most quintessentially early 90s hip hop like when you think when you think like Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff or I can't think of any other early 90s hip hop Martin Oh, oh, the, oh, the, oh, the show, the yeah, show, no, the yeah, show the intro, yeah. It's, it's my end. Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's just like it takes you to a place that most people probably don't want to be. <laughs> like, I don't know the early, I, the early nineties for me in terms of like music, most music, not all music, but most music and fashion and trends and stuff. To me, I think that was the dark ages. Well, but see, okay. Not so, all music. Not no, no, all no. music, so, not all things. I, I'm I thinking like, like the pop culture I stuff. I think there's a sort of like dichotomy. Well, actually, no, I'd say there's, there's sort of three segments because on the one hand, you had the total complete change of hair metal into grunge. Yeah. No, right? that's the music that I'm okay with. Well, and, then, then, and some then, of the grunge was... And, and rap and R&B took a completely different turn and the music was fantastic in the 90s. And then I would say you also had a lot of the pop music. Pop music all just jumped off a cliff. And everything was like... <laughs> a million ten- boy bands and... Right. And like the weird neon and like... Dayglow. Oh, yeah. And, and and the frosted tipped hair. and oh, it, yeah. I mean, that came later. That but was, that was, yeah, it was later 90s. But no, but, I, I, I feel you. Yeah, I just... The music was credited to Rick Witkowski. And that, I will tell you, took me a few times to say his name because... Why is his name Rick Witkowski? Huh. Um, he is oh cre- poles. <laughs> yeah. uh, He's credited uh, on the soundtrack for Monster in Law, The Wedding Pact. He was the composer for Kablam and Double Dare Two Thousand, and he was the music department for Innocente, which is a movie that we didn't mention earlier. But a bunch of the creators and producers and, and they were stuff they they had a hand in that movie. So that yeah. I put that in there as a sort of like a hey, they all got to work together again later. And I, I have to say, not to be, not to be, mm, what's the word? Not to be 
That is the question. Not to be categorizing people. Not to categorize people based on what I assume. And not to make assumptions. Let's just say that. Not to make assumptions about people. But what I think hip-hop... I don't think Witkowski. Because the the hip-hop music at the beginning. It just threw me off a little bit. So so let's talk about the, the music itself. Because... Do, 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 you have it. Guts. Do, 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 you have it. Guts. Guts. Jesus Christ. It's, it is both incredibly catchy and I would say it's an absurdly ear- earwormish. Yeah, I was going to say it's an earworm because it's super catchy, but also you're like, get it out of my goddamn head. I will dig it out with every screwdriver I'll dig I can it, find. Yeah, I'll dig it out with a freaking ice pick. It's <laughs> not... Great, but I wouldn't say it's terrible either. I think the problem is that it's so catchy that it's just, it's too much. Yes. It's too much. And and an odd sort of side note, which I guess I can mention now because of the wording there. Do you have it? And that, and do you have guts? That statement, which is the name of the show, as well as the tagline that's used throughout the show. Mm-hmm. When they were coming up with the show itself, they didn't have a title. They had multiple working titles. Yeah, yeah, that was right. And that was something that somebody had thrown out sort of on the fly and just ended up sticking. And they ended up adding that and being like, oh, hey, yeah. And then they worked around the intro music and the tagline and the name of the show around... Around a, uh, like a... A throwaway. <laughs> a napkin, a napkin name. Yeah, yeah, which I think is kind of cool if you think about it. Yeah. Well, let's get into the cast now. I'm it's like, got two people. It's got two That's people. It. Two people. The first is the host who was played, well not played, the host was Michael Malley, who is an actor and writer. He starred, in, er, he starred sorry, in Life with Roger in the late 90s. He, was, he did also have another show, I believe it was called The Michael Malley Show, and it lasted... Uh, a couple, I think two or three episodes and it was terrible. It, it lasted a couple, a few heartbeats of a, <laughs> of a hummingbird or something. Yeah. It was like a, like the Chevy Chase show. Yeah. He was also Jimmy Hughes on Yes, Dear. Which I think it was one of his more famous roles. It was six or seven seasons on that. Yeah. Uh, he was Burt Hummel in Glee, which is Kurt's, uh, father. Right. And he, he always wore, I think a trademark sort of for Michael Malley is he wears a hat all the time, like a baseball hat that's sort of, that's sort of curved, like really, not like a trucker. But see, you know? okay, here's the thing, is early enough, if you go back, like during this time when he had a full head of hair, mm-hmm. he'd never, like you go back to look at old pictures of Michael Malley during that time, never saw him with the hat. As soon as he started losing his hair, I want to say in the late 90s. He always all of a, a sudden, I'll always wear a hat. And yeah. now he's just like, whatever, I'm old and bald. So It, it took me a minute. It took me a minute because uh, in a previous life, I was dating slash seeing a girl who was really into Glee. So I, of course, watched Glee too because that's what you do when you want to ingratiate yourself to someone. So, the things men do to get laid. Yeah. So uh, Glee, I totally remember his character. He's Kurt, who is the very, very clearly gay character, and it, like it's not like a thing. I'm not no, just saying that. Like no. he, that's that's and his also character. he's the character, uh, one of the characters on the show, whose voice was clearly superior to most of the other. Oh cast yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So his, I remember Michael Malley as Kurt's father, as a sort of like. Like grumpy but accepting dad. Oh, who, like super accepting. Which like, was, he was really kind of cool to see. It's like he's just a normal dad, and like that was kind of a well, cool relationship. What was, I what was funny is he looked. 
he looked on the show. If you just looked at him, he, you're like, oh, he's a white trash guy. You know, he's like wearing flannel, wearing the wearing he's the, a mechanic, the, the trucker hat. Stuff, I think yeah. he was a mechanic. Yeah, in the yes, show. He was. So, so you would think that he would be the one that's like, God damn, my son's gay. Whoa, I'm, I'm mad about that. But he he was like super supportive of his son and his yeah. like music career, and was like very much like, don't let them talk to you like that. You're, I mean, it was a it was a cool role. I, that's what I remember him from. Yeah. Um, he also had a bunch of guest starring appearances Tons. on TV and movies like Parks and Rec, Deep Impact, Eat, Pray, Love, and R.I.P.D. Did I you see that? that? I did see that. I didn't get to see it, but it looked so bad, but it's, so good. It's like Men in Black, but with ghosts. And Jeff Bridges? And right? Jeff Bridges. And and uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan, yeah, no, it was it was not terrible, but that is not in any way putting it in the good category. It just yeah. was not terrible. So he has actually published several plays, and he also produced the Star series Survivor's Remorse. For three years between 2014 and 2017. I don't know what he's doing at this moment, but like, he's like one of those guys, like he's gotten, an, he's getting work. So he's, yeah. he's and good. And I, I did remember when they, when they were uh, auditioning for the, the host role, they, he was a host on, I think, Figure It Out. He was the host on that show. And so they, they wanted him to. He guest starred on it. Or he guest hosted or whatever. Yeah. So he was on it and the, the producers wanted him. But he was sort of like, uh, he, he was hesitant about it because he didn't want to be known as a children's game show host. Like, he wanted to actually be an actor, not a... Yeah, so I don't think it was figured out. I think it was something else. But the, he had been working on something else and they... It was another Nickelodeon show. Yeah, and they they wanted him. But then they're like, you know, we don't want to ask him because of this. Yeah. And then when they mentioned it to him, he felt like, this is actually really cool. I mean, I'd be a fool not to take it. Yeah, and I remember them saying in the, in the interview that the reason they picked him was because, one, he was very high energy, which they thought they needed to get the audience and the kids in, like into the show. Which, I, you know, watching it, I'm so glad that they got him as somebody super high energy because there's some times when you really need high energy especially yeah. dealing with like interviewing kids after them doing an obstacle course and trying to yank questions out of their brain that they just they just don't want to get like like what 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 were your thoughts on that obstacle course was, fun it was, i it's was like, trying really hard. it's like what well how, you know how how did you accomplish that uh you know i just I just really did my hard. best was, work really hard it was yeah so it's like come on well so he was he was super high energy the second thing is he was actually a very big sports fan i can't remember he was a big baseball fan i think it was boston red sox yeah if, if it's not he's probably horribly offended if he's listened to this but uh he was a big sports fan basketball and baseball and then the third thing is that he was good in improvising he, I, so that was something that i wanted to talk about later we let's talk about it later because uh there's a lot to talk about there okay and then the only other person really on the show was Moira Quirk, who played the referee slash judge slash announcer. Aside from being one of my big childhood crushes. What and else mine. Is, what Mine first. I called dibs. Okay. All right. I just called dibs on a person. <laughs> this is when I learned, at that age, that's when I learned that I could be attracted to an accent. Yes, and I think yeah. that I think that that made a lot of kids feel ways about stuff about ex accents. Yeah, prob probably. So I didn't know what she had been up to after this show. I just thought Mo disappeared into obscurity. Totally not the case. Mm -hmm. So she, after this, she got a, a chance to get some voice acting lessons from Susan Blue and Charlie Adler, who yeah. we've talked about a lot. And these are like 
titans of voice acting. Yes. And so she then went on to become a rather prominent voice actress. And she 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 did voice work for My Life as a Teenage Robot, The Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd, and the game's Mercenaries, and, and a couple other games. She also did voice work for Johnny Bravo, Xenogears, Carlia in Skyrim, if you played Skyrim, that was her. Oh, um, was it really? Carlia is, is Mo. Yeah, that's yeah. if you don't know who that is, that's the one of the main characters in the Thieves Guild quest. Yeah, yeah. So I saw that I was like, yeah, this is awesome. She was also Alara Dorn in Star Wars The Old Republic, which is a Star Wars MMO based off of Knights of the Old Republic. And she's Dr. Moira Valen in XCOM. So if you played XCOM and you recognize that voice, that's who. She was in Happy Feet 2 and also one of my favorite underappreciated games, Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. If you mm. have not played that and you like RPGs and the, the, the sort of action RPG sort of thing, oh my god, it is an amazing, amazing game and it's massive. But, so, interesting thing about her is... Obviously, she's from the UK. She is. How the hell did she end up in Florida? By happenstance. By happenstance. Her <laughs> grandfather was there, and she came out to visit, and she was, I think, about 19 years old. Literally for two weeks. She was coming out to visit for two weeks. And by the way, who gets a freaking job when you're coming out to visit for two weeks? Is that something we did Well, in the so early I think 90s? what happened was that she came out to visit for two weeks, and then decided to stay a little bit longer and got a summer job working at Nickelodeon uh, uh, Universal pre, Studios. Uh, Pre-9-11 America. I know, right? Hey, just come. <laughs> Come on over and get a job for the stay. summer. Yeah. So she ended up with a job at Universal Studios Orlando. And the job got posted f- for this. And she decided to audition for it. And then she never went back to the UK. Yeah. That's it. She came. She saw. She, she conquered. It oh. <laughs> yeah. No, that's uh, crazy. No. That's crazy. That, I know. That she just like. Can you imagine going on a vacation somewhere? And then just like, you know, picking up some some shift work and then all of a sudden like you're gonna stay there like i couldn't imagine doing that i mean it would help it probably helped a lot that she had family here yeah but but because she had a place to stay and a place to go but like it just like that's crazy to me uh you want to talk about like what the show actually was yeah so we can talk about the show so it's not hard to describe the 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 producers and the the stunt coordinators and and whatever else they they took a number of traditional sports Sometimes traditional sports and, and they, turn them on the on their head yeah, from they archery added, to soccer to baseball to high jump to all kinds of things. Typically, what they did is they added a bungee cord. They said, "Oh, hey, take this, put them on a bungee cord. Oh, take this, uh, make them go through an obstacle course, or make them ride around a track, but on a three wheeled bicycle, or you or know, moon just, shoes, or moon shoes. Yeah, or just and I, I think what the idea behind all that was is they wanted to equalize. They wanted to sort of like equalize the kids' levels so that if you had someone that was really good at basketball." It wouldn't necessarily give them a super big advantage over someone who maybe wasn't as good because they're they're doing like a different version of basketball. Like right. the skeleton is there, but they've they've put different meat on. Well, the and they weren't necessarily playing games against each other. It was more like they were doing individual heats. Yeah, they were playing of, for sports and time, or they were playing for points and time. Right. So it would be like with Olympic high jumping, for instance, or archery. It they was, don't, they like don't a, shoot at each other or something. They're like that oh, would make for that would have been amazing. <laughs> well, what's funny is they use like nerf guns and stuff a lot of those yeah which nerf I, thought guns was, with like Velcro I thought it was cool so so it was really cool because what these what these producers really wanted to do was take these traditional activities turn them on their head 
make them something crazy intentionally so that it could be wish fulfillment for the kids at home, for them to watch these participants doing things that they 100% could not do at home. And they would preface that with a don't try this at home. Well, obviously no shit they're not going to because they don't have a a 10 foot tower to jump off of attached to a bungee cord to, to shoot bows and arrows at a target. You yeah, know what I mean? And, and what's, what's cool about this is this was, at, this was, if you think about it, this was right before the big like X games sports started. Yeah, X becoming, games hadn't really taken off. No. And, and just X games in general, if you think about the types of games like snowboarding, skateboarding, uh, the, those types of, of sports, extreme sports, extreme sports, they hadn't really taken off. And this sort of was the, it, it's, it's it was like the gap. About, Bridger. Yeah, it's of. like the forerunner to the X Games because it was for kids. It was for like 11 and 12 I mean, I think X Games started around the same time. Yeah. But, you know, America was accustomed to sports of the traditional sense. Mm-hmm. And this, I, I think in many ways, was a bridge builder for that. Like the show or not, and and you know I don't know I don't know what your opinions are on the show. I, I kind of want to wait and see <laughs> till we get there. But I I I think that in many ways the show did a lot to to kind of get people ready for the next big iteration in sports, which was all the extreme stuff coming in. Yeah, and what's 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 interesting and crazy about this show is. Uh, number one, they, they for the most part, the first couple seasons, they really just pulled from kids in the Orlando area. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of variation in that. I, I read uh, from a couple of... There's an interview that we have uh, linked in the show description, or the show notes. The there's show a description. Re- it's a long interview via Sports Illustrated from a little while back, yeah. but and they it is to the, a fantastic read. So They talked to the, the, the hosts, the producers, they talked to some contestants, and that's yeah. what one of the contestants said that she actually saw the uh the the audition you know information at their at her ymca that she would go to yeah and and there was a there was another one that was posted at like sports complexes there was one that a kid went to well there was one that i i remember reading and a kid's brother auditioned for the show and he didn't meet the criteria but his mom talked the producers into letting him try out and do it anyways and he got to do the show too because he was technically too young, so all they did was they just got two other kids who were of a younger age. So they were like, "Oh, we'll just take two other eleven-year-olds." Because I think I They're, think twelve years old was the cutoff. I did see a couple eleven-year-olds though, it, it, like the um, the. Uh, uh, I saw one with a ten-year-old, I believe. Really, that is yeah. pretty young. I watched a lot of these, by the way. So oh, I didn't. I didn't nearly watch that many. I watched you watched one, a, you I, watched a few, but I, I watched, watched one, I think more. Yeah, I watched one full episode, and then I sort of jumped around with a couple other ones. I fast forwarded because I didn't want to like, that's a thing where, you know, they're running and doing stuff for like a minute or, or 30 seconds. You can skip through it and I don't have to necessarily watch them do the thing. I watched maybe five or six episodes with Eleanor and joy. And I felt it was kind of important to see the sort of cadence from one event to the other, to the other, to the other, and to see like how they would transition to commercial breaks. I really wanted to get a, a good feel for the entire process. And, and, in particular, the reason why I wanted to do that was because I actually, I read the interviews first. Oh, okay. I read all of that stuff before I watched anything. And so one of the things that I had read, I don't know if you read this too, but one of the things that I had read was that the filming for this took a full, full day. Oh, yeah. And they would actually film three episodes at a time. Yeah. No, that's, so, that's, that's typical for... Uh... That's typical for game shows. So what they would do is, so this is the filming process and this is the sort of format for the show. So the format for the show is they would have six uh, events, 
Right? So five were like five the events sports. and then the and then the aggro crack. Yep. So the five events were obstacle courses or swimming events or just weird stuff Running, with bungee cords, yeah. whatever they were. They had five events and there were three kids competing and they would get points in denominations of 100, 200, or 300. Yep. At the end, they would do the aggro crag. And the aggro crag was this giant mountain with lights and buttons that they had to hit and giant foam actuators. rocks and actuators or whatever. And so they had to touch all the things and get to the top. And the first person who hit everything and got to the top got... seven. 25 i think I think it was yeah 750 or something like that yeah and so the whoever it was it got no it's a thousand points and 750 and 500 i think it was something like that but whoever it was it got to the top got the most points and so on all the way down yeah. and so it was possible technically to have lost the aggro crag but to have won all the other ones and to have still won it was yeah. still possible it's possible but not probable but not probable yeah. and so i wanted to see like how did all of that play out and and the way that they filmed it was they would have the first event set up and they would have three kids go together and then they would break for a second and sit and rearrange things a little bit. And they used that time to like interview one of the kids. Right. And then they would then go to the the next event with the next group and then so on and so forth. And then the next one. And so they were just rotating around the, this arena. Yeah. And I also made sure that three of the episodes that I watched were back-to-back episodes. Okay. And the reason why I wanted to do that was so that I could see if I could, if there was any continuity with the events. Oh, okay. From one to the other, and a hundred percent there is. So, like they're the same, they're the same uh, uh, events, like in each episode. So they would. So what they would say is that they don't do the same events twice, and that's technically true, but it's totally not true. <laughs> so one of the episodes, the best kind of true, right? So one of the episodes that I watched was one of the ones where they're up on the big foam towers, like eight feet up or whatever it is. Uh, with a bow and arrow that jump down, yep. bungee jump, and try to hit the target and have the arrows stick. Yep. Jump back, and they do that as many many times as they could within a certain fixed time. Yep. The next episode that I watched was them doing that, but with footballs through Got it. a tire. And the entire setup is exactly the same. All they did was is they picked up the targets off and replaced them with the tire on top. Got it. Then I saw one of the other ones where it was the kids were were blocking soccer balls and then the next event was uh was baseball related and so it was it was the exact same it was like batting with with baseballs versus soccer and so all they did was just pick up the stickers off the ground and replace them with other stickers and then move these like pvc goals in place so they were really smart about the way that they did it but i just wanted to see if it was possible to see a pattern and of, there was. of any kind. And there totally was. Well, I mean, that makes sense. If you're going to do three episodes a day and you're going to have a show with as many moving parts as this show obviously had, then you're going to have to be very creative in the way that you're uh, th- that you're putting the show together. And, and you know, they to their benefit or to their to their credit, uh, they did a good job about it, at least in my opinion. The, the well, and Hecht said that that the kids were just so well behaved that he was actually really surprised. He said that they didn't want kids who were overly competitive, and they didn't want people who were out to win, win, win. Yep. But Moira said that she remembers one girl who who this is her quote. I remember one girl who sucked at everything. Bless her. She was competing against two kids who were out of her league. But she was pleased as punch to be there, grinned all day, and yeah, there were a couple of dicky kids and kids who hadn't taken their meds. 
But overall, they were really good kids. Like the the sportsmanship was apparently really high. That and know, they weren't even winning anything. That makes me that makes me wonder because I, I read that too, and there was there was uh, it, it's it's really it's really interesting that. In most of the, in basically all of them, they, I'm sure they would have said if they had like one real asshole kid or not. But in in basically all the ones that they that they did, they had kids that were just all around good kids in terms of like you said sportsmanship and just being nice. I mean, maybe that goes to their auditioning process. Like maybe they actually had really good people doing that auditioning process. But like I was thinking about that as I as I was reading that, I was thinking about that now and and the. Uh, like if if we did the show now, oh, the parents the, would ruin it the, the so parents, bad. The parents would ruin oh. it, but not just the parents. I feel like kids would ruin it too because think about like you've got kids that are 11, 12, 13 years old in this show, like in the in the in the original. There, that was the age range: 11, 12, 13, middle school age. Yeah, can you imagine middle school kids now auditioning to be on a show that's going to be on TV where they win nothing except for fame? Right. Essentially. So like I just feel like the the they would have a hard time finding kids that weren't little dick bags. You know, because sports has changed, sportsmanship oh, has sports changed. Sports is so it's, bad it's now. It's all about individual now. So you want to show how good you are and well, how much and better you are than other stuff, people. Like the parents are so hyper competitive. Like people buy their home in a in a particular neighborhood. Where I'm at, people are highly competitive with the uh high school and 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 competitive club sports that people are buying their homes and moving to different neighborhoods and moving their kids into specific schools just so that they can be in a more competitive area or so that they can be in a less competitive area so that they can shine more like big fish parents, little pond yeah i mean parents are terrible think I, about think about uh, the original mighty ducks movie where they used, ducks fly together Sean. well no they used uh, they stole a they stole a player from the hawks they stole adam banks from the hawks because they went to the like whatever it was the peewee hockey league office and they're like he lives in our district he needs to be on our team and then they were like what no that's bullshit but they actually had to like give him to the ducks because he was the best player on the hawks right but see like now now parents would fight that oh yeah they'd they'd sue they're like oh we're going to the district and all this other nonsense Mm -hmm. and i feel like that sort of mentality would ruin this show like they'd have to be really careful about how they do it yeah there's there's too many i feel like there's too many like youtube stars quote unquote that are out there that would do that would try to get on the show that oh you mean like there's too many kids who try to do it for youtube fame yeah or they try to do it to transition into something else they wouldn't do it like the idea behind the show right the idea behind the show is is competition sportsmanship like doing a thing having fun I feel like that it, they would be hard pressed to find people that would go through the audition process and and uh, and, and want to be on this show just to have fun and 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 enjoy the the thing. They'd want to do it for a reason. They'd want to do it because it's going to trick. And so, and and to be fair, there were some interviews that I read in the Sports Illustrated piece that the the contestants on the show mentioned there was at least one in particular i remember saying that uh the kid's dad wanted him to get into acting he thought this might be a good way to sort of like springboard into that which is nuts but he was i feel like he was the exception probably right so it's like on the one hand if you redid something like this 
you would probably have to provide some sort of prizes as a component. Yeah. But by by providing prizes, would that maybe encourage the wrong kind of kids to audition? I, th- the, I, I feel like, I feel this like show, it would. I, I don't know how, what they would do. I, I, I feel like this show couldn't be made again today specifically because we're in that era of like... Terrible at, parents. Well, that and just like the look at me, look at me... Uh, I want to be the star of my own of my own movie type of type yeah, of kids. Yeah, but but there's, at the I same mean, time, like, just... could that be the case with the new Double Dare? And I didn't. I mean, I feel like there are some kids who are on there because they're like wanting to be a YouTube star, but like it, it's not going anywhere, you know? Yeah, uh... like you and I have talked about this. Um, you know, a little inside baseball for a second. Sean and I have talked about this sort of thing, and I feel like you know if you. We don't care that much if we're ever famous or not. Like, sure, we just want people to like the show and to listen along, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but the whole point is for if what, whatever it is that we're doing, we just want to do a good job. Yeah. As best of a job as we can do. Whatever that may end up being, that's, that's our goal, you know? And you're going to fail along the way, but you're going to try and do better, right? I don't know if that's something that would go over well with a remake. Yeah. That idea of... Like I just want to do the best that I can. It's I want to, to do just I want to do something that's going to make people remember me. Right, which is weird. I so mean, that I can so that I can like throw my uh, Instagram handle out there and people I'll get I'll get ten thousand followers. You know something like that. Like I could see that on, on a show like this on like a new game show. And I don't know if they do it on the new Double Dare. I could see that like people posting their like in part of their bio. It's like oh I'm I'm Sean I'm from California and here's my Instagram handle like. You know, I, I could see that them wanting to do that. And I don't yeah. know if Nickelodeon would do that or if like a game show would do that. You know, I feel like the only so in some ways, I think they could and they couldn't remake this because they on the one hand, I, I mean, I'm I'm on board. I agree with everything that you're saying. But I think that as as uh, casting directors go, th- their job is to sort of they'd have their work weed, cut out for them. They, yeah, that's what I mean. They'd have their work cut out for them. They, they would have to really weed through the shit yeah. to like find a, a, a nugget of, of gold. There'd there. be a lot of if if I was being if I was gonna be the talent scout for this or the casting director or whatever, I'd have my people going through their social media. That's what I would do. I, that would be my first thing is look at their Facebook, look at their Instagram, look at their Twitter, tell me whether they're shit bags or not. Actually I would ask if they even have Social media and oh, Twitter. They, yeah, they would. Well, because some kids might have three or four profiles and others only have one. And so, you know, obviously have some it kid... be like a, have it be like a cop interview. Like if you're going to become a if you're going to like try and join a police force somewhere, it's like give me all of your social media profiles. If I find out that there's one that you didn't give me, your ass is off the show. Right. That's what you would have to do. It's like Or make it so that they're liable financially. I feel like that being off the show would be more of a no, just but then they but then they would post a YouTube video that says uh, I got kicked off a Nickelodeon show and here's my story. Right. <laughs> but if you make if you make them sign an NDA, oh yeah. That's see, what... so they see this is this is the thing you so could you do can it. Sue their parents. <laughs> that's what I mean because parents are terrible. So see, yeah. this is like the kind of workaround. But you would need a host like Michael Malley because his. Energy was so part and parcel with why I think the show did well, mm-hmm. right? I mean, w- we mentioned earlier his improv. Did you notice some of the like weird improv lines of him making references to like obscure things that I didn't think other ki- like kids were going to understand or get? Yeah, he was sort of he. I mean, uh, he he was filling time. I feel like because he had three shows to do over like a twelve to fourteen hour work day, so. 
I mean, he would make weird references. Probably that, to like, keep himself sane. As an adult, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, just to keep himself sane and to keep the show moving along. You know, it, it, it's good. They would have to find a good well, like a, a good host that knows what they're doing. It's actually skilled. Watching him interview those kids was punishing, though. I gotta tell you, because those kids, they'd be like, so what'd you think? Oh, it was wonderful. <laughs> that was their answer. Like, that's not an answer. Like, the, the girl who said that in, in one of the episodes that I watched, she was like, oh, it's it was wonderful. To be fair, such a sweet girl. And she's the one who ended up winning. Like, everything. She won almost every event. But it didn't make it any easier to watch him try to interview a 12, 13-year-old girl about her thoughts on an obstacle course and yeah. have her just say, it's wonderful. Yeah. Okay, tell me what was the hardest part of it. Like, I feel use like your brain to fill in time. And God bless him, man. Like, <laughs> he tried. He tried and how he was able to keep so positive. Because I, I would have just said something to him. I would have been like, really? That's all you got to say? Don't be a derpy idiot. Yeah. You know? Well, I feel like for what it was... For what it was, the show was good. I personally didn't find it super interesting because I found it more interesting now as an adult. Oh, good. Okay. Than this I did is where I'm glad kid. that you're going. Because, okay. Because I have more I have more respect now as an adult and as someone who's played team sports more thoroughly. I mean, not now that I'm not playing them now, but the the, the difference between like 1993, Sean. And 2018 Sean, I, 2018 Sean has more of a respect and and an understanding of team sports than 1993 Sean did. So I can watch them. I can watch them doing something and realize, like, damn, that's actually kind of hard what they're doing. Or I can I can see the skill in it. And this is sort of entertaining because that's why you watch sports. At least that's why some people watch sports is yeah. to see the skill, to see people perform. And you're like, you're you know, for some of them, it's like, damn, these kids. These kids are, are pretty good. Like I watched one. I think it's one of the same ones that you watched where there was an obstacle course. And the first two kids went and did it. The first girl, I think it was the girl, did it in like 48 seconds. And then the boy did the obstacle course in like 42 seconds. So he was in the lead. The third kid did it. He freaking zoomed through that thing so fast. He did it in like 25 seconds. Oh, that was – she was a girl. Well, the one, I saw, the one I saw, it was two boys and a girl, and the girl was the last one, and she smoked them. It was yeah, like, like 42 like, seconds, 35, and then like 20 seconds. Yeah, and like that's that's interest, or that's or that's entertaining for me to watch because it's like you just watch this kid just smoke the other two, and you're like, Did holy you see, sh So some of the obstacles are really inventive too, which is kind of cool. So they have this one where they're suspended by a harness in midair above a pool, and then they start on one end of the pool, and they give them like a big kayak paddle. Oh, uh, or yeah. a big canoe paddle. It's a kayak paddle. Yeah, and they and have they, to like they have to like row themselves. So there's across. one where it's just a single paddle. And so they have to try and run across the water, but they 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 measure it so that the kids' feet barely touch the water. So they have to use the so paddle. So they have to use the paddle. And so like one kid was so bad, like the 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 spotters actually at one point pushed it, tried to push him <laughs> along, and it took him almost a minute to finish. Another kid comes out and easily smokes that kid in the thirty second range. I was like, wow, like that's how you do it. This and then the girl who went next seven seconds, and I was like, like Zoom. I was like, Jesus, what the hell? What kind of drugs did she do? Speaking of that, there and was she was the one who was like, oh, it was wonderful, and I was like. <laughs> Man, that was crazy. <laughs> that speaking of speaking of girls kicking the crap out of other care or other uh, contestants, there was there was a uh, in, in a mental floss article. There was uh, a male contestant who he was he apparently caught a lot of hell 
from his his uh, classmates when he went back to school after his episode aired because he got his butt kicked by two girls. He was it was two girls and him, and he got his butt. And he kicked. was teased for years, apparently. Yeah, and he said that uh, he said that right around the time that everyone started forgetting about it, they would rerun the episode, and then everyone would just give him crap. Again. Oh damn it! Yeah, it, it, and uh, so that was that was something that that contestants had to deal with. I'm sure that I'm sure that you know if they did terribly. That there was a certain amount of like embarrassment factor that they had to deal with. I mean, obviously they would have to deal with yeah. some kind of an embarrassment factor, but for the most part, they all seemed to be like having fun, and ultimately that was the goal, right? They all yeah. They supposed well, to... and the audience seemed to actually be enjoying themselves, although the audience was tiny. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, it was the like audience one section. Bleacher. It was just like a two bleacher lines or a two bleacher rows. Yeah, that that were like say sixty people long. Maybe that. And it was like half filled with people. Yeah. Not a whole lot of people in the audience, but I don't think they, I think what they, the reason for behind that is because they needed more space for the events. They couldn't have like a giant studio audience because they needed that space to have like events. And they had that massive, we haven't even talked about that. Well, we have sort of the, the like massive aggro crag that it took. I think it said it took like 20 people to put it together the first time Yeah, to, to put it together. And it took like some number of hours to put it all together. Cause it was all made with like styrofoam and, and exploding uh, things and, f- and smoke and yeah. And all kinds of stuff. So they like, but the, by the time they finished putting it together the first time, it was able to be pulled apart and like stored in a fairly short amount of time because they yeah they could do it back to... together like really quickly. There's six versions of the aggro crag, by the way, and 47 different games technically. But that's why I wanted to watch and see like All the how many types. of these are like actually different games and how many aren't. Yeah, but and the the the, the funny thing about the aggro crag is in one of the in one of the uh, I think it was in that same mental floss article. Uh, one of the contestants on the show was saying that you couldn't really see anything. When you were climbing, you just sort of had to feel around because there was so much, so much shit falling on you, like you know styrofoam blocks and stuff, and, and then like glitter and, and fog machines, and, and yeah, and you couldn't really see anything, so you just sort of had to feel around. Which one of the ways you got DQ'd is if you went off of your side of the crag and went onto someone else's side, or if you missed a uh, a buzzer, if you missed one of the actuators, they call it actuators, yeah, yeah. one of the buzzers. Uh, on your way up because you had to hit six on the way up if you missed one which is totally doable or then you got disqualified but even when you got disqualified it just meant that you got the lowest points possible yeah you you got third place yeah so i the the prizes as we mentioned they didn't really get prizes they got so each kid got fed lunch which was like a sandwich and some chips i think they got shoes didn't they? and they got a pair of reeboks and then they got medals and the first prize got a piece of the glowing rock from the aggro crag. But then they, it turns out they never got to keep it. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was just for show. They that probably only had show. the one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it just I, the one. I think when they did, so so they had an all-star game. Yes, uh, it's 19- episode one of of season two. And so they had three contestants from the first season. Who got perfect scores. They got perfect scores. And so they brought them back. To do like an all-star event and the three of them competed and it was it was officiated by a pro NFL player who I can't remember who it was. And and the first prize winner got a twenty five hundred dollar college scholarship. And I think they got to keep their piece of the crack. They did get to keep their piece they of the They were the crack. one that the first one that yeah. got to keep the and piece. And I think that person a couple years ago auctioned it off for, for a couple grand. Uh yeah, it was something like eighteen hundred dollars yeah. or fifteen hundred dollars or something like that. So I mean 
I so like I said, I watched this with my wife and my daughter, and when I put it on, my wife was in the other room. And she's like, "Are you watching Guts?" <laughs> like she, she comes yeah, running yeah. out of the bedroom, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, we're watching Guts," and she's like. Oh, okay. And then she sits down and plops down and like, she's on board. And so like we sat there, she watched a full episode and she went back to doing what she was doing because she was busy. So she has it. She's got it. Guts. That's right. (laughs) But I watched almost all the episodes with my kid and she loved it. This show was a massive hit with her. It spoke to her. It did. And you know, the first episode took coaxing to get her to watch. I, I would see it being a little difficult to get a uh, like four, a four or five year old a four year old like, girl in particular probably to watch like watch this show about sports not to be all gender rolesy no but, but I mean like, it's it's what's culturally uh, yeah. you know uh, pushed upon like hey so, watch this like watch this sports show it's like maybe maybe she's into it maybe yeah. she's not but that that's I think that's but a hard as soon sell as she saw that there were that there were girls competing and then she's like oh wow that's cool and so she would pick somebody that she liked and I go so who do you want to win and then I'm like okay you got to root for them the whole way through. And man, she was on it and she loved it. We finished the first episode. It's like, okay, do you want to go back and watch a cartoon now? And she goes, no, no, I want to watch more. I'm like, okay, cool. I have to watch more anyways. So nice. she watched, I think, three or four episodes so, and she enjoyed it. So your wife liked it. Your daughter liked it. Did you like it? Did you like it? I, it wasn't terrible. Um, it, it's not like, I, like I said, I had more respect for it this time around watching it as a 35 year old than I did as like a 12 year old or 10 year old, whatever I was. The the show was um, like I felt like at least in the couple episodes that I watched they could have done a better job at balancing like the athletic ability of the kids because it seemed like there was one kid at least in the ones that I watched there was like one kid that was really good and then there was a kid that was okay and then there's there one kid that, that I like, watched at, where the kid he was in purple and he smoked everybody he got perfect score all the way through a season like three or yeah that's, season what, I'm, two that's, or that's what I'm saying I feel like yeah. it, they, they could have but but then again how do you, how do you test kids it's not like they're all on a on a baseball team and you're playing baseball they're you're you're making up sports for them to play it was still entertaining to watch um and I could see it being entertaining if I was you know go if I had the same respect and and like interest in sports that i do now if i had it back then i would have been super into the show as opposed to it just sort of being a placeholder show for me yeah but ultimately i liked it i mean it wasn't like i said it wasn't terrible i didn't think it was a waste of time it's sort of like aside from the really really 90s music uh the like it's a show that you could just play again like i feel like you could you could play the show now and just give it a slight update and it would be fine yeah my my Okay, so I I enjoyed it, and I thought that it was an interesting concept that I did not appreciate enough as a kid, Mm -hmm. just like you did. But I also thought that, although I think in some ways it could be difficult to remake today because parents are terrible and YouTube uh, fame-hungriness and all this other terrible, terrible stuff out there, um, I... Don't I don't think it's it's insurmountable to think that this couldn't be retooled and done in a way that still brought the same feel. Yeah, I think that I think, I think it's doable. If you could do a show that actually like sort of made it made it so that it was about sportsmanship and it was about like love of the game and and just competing with each other, I think that that would be better. It'd be a it'd be a tough road to hoe, but it would be I think a good show. I think like a good family show. There's not a lot of shows 
that are for families anymore. There's a lot of shows yeah. that are for kids. There's a lot of shows that are for adults. There aren't a lot of shows. Well, now we all go to separate directions and consume our own media. Yeah. And really, pe- people are just putting their kids on YouTube anyways. Yeah. Which is a terrible idea, yeah. but they do it. But there's not a lot of shows that you can watch as a family, I None. feel like. That None. You, that you can all enjoy as a family as opposed yeah. to like just being a parent and sitting there watching uh, Name a Kid Show. I'm asking you to name a kid oh, show. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I thought that was like your, your bland film. No. It's like, okay, so some random kid show is like, like Spirit or Sophia the First yeah, or so like one sitting, of these, Elena of Avalor or that's PJ Mask yes. or So you're sitting there trying to Paw like... Paw Patrol or... You're, you're sitting there watching... Yeah, that's a good one right there. You're sitting there as an adult watching Paw Patrol with your four-year-old and you're like... All right. How I'm cool. much longer? How much more of this do I have to do? Is it? Do you think my kid will notice if I'm on my phone the whole time? Oh no, they won't notice. Yeah. So so, and then you do. If you if you had a show like this, and maybe more shows, maybe that's something Nickelodeon can can move in can move back into. I mean, they're starting to with Double Dare. So you have shows that are for families, for like you know parents and their younger kids, like they're ten, twelve. I don't know how successful it would be, but I like the ideal of it. I, I do too. And and. I don't. Okay, again, I I feel like Double Double Dare is a better show. Let's yeah. let's be fair. It, it's a better show because there is encouraged competitiveness, but and it's zany and weird enough that that it allows for just a lot of things that could go in different directions. But this is still a good show. Yeah. No, I you know? I, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I would, I would recommend going back and watching some of these, some of these older, there's a lot of them are on YouTube. I think all of them are on YouTube. I think almost all of them are on YouTube. So you can I, just go and yeah, I, I think you, you could find most of them on YouTube or on a few other places, but, but they're out there and, and I would say it's, it's a fun watch. They're yeah. definitely a fun watch. Yeah. So, uh, we have one more of these sort of game show-esque things coming up and then we have our hundredth episode. Yeah. I can't wait for that. Uh, but if you want to talk about this episode, or if you want to give us suggestions for any other episodes, or if you just want to say, hey, what's going on? Or tell us we suck. I don't know. If you want to just get in contact with us, you can always uh, check out our website, childhoodremastered.com. It has links to all of our social media. It has links to uh, a phone number you can call, email, whatever you want. You can drop us a line, say what's going on. Tell yeah. us we're terrible. Tell That's us we're fine. Great. Yeah. Uh, we also want to thank uh, John Howarth for the use of our music, our intro music. The song yes. is called Nascent. You can find links to that on our website, childhoodremastered.com. It's a great song. I've added some more. If you've been paying attention over the last couple of uh, episodes, I've added some more to the beginning. That's all from the same song. So check it out. It's worth it. does a lot of good stuff on there. And if you have strong feelings either direction about any of the stuff that we talk about, old episodes, current episodes possible future episodes and requests please send them our way and and maybe let's uh let's have a cool discussion about it we like when we have lots of listeners interact we get a lot like a lot of private messages from you guys and we really appreciate it Uh, but maybe like let's 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 have a conversation because those are those are really fun for us i said this i think i don't know if it's the last episode or the episode before but you know, we, we do this stuff for fun. Like, we don't even have to be in, in front of a mic for us to want to talk about this stuff. So if so, you want to talk about it, we're more than willing to talk about it. That's right. So I think that'll do it for this week. Yeah, so uh, get out there. Watch some Guts. Do you have it? Guts. I got it. We all got it. But uh, until next time, this is Sean. And Chris. And this has been your Childhood Remastered. We will see you next time. <laughs>